Hey everyone, welcome back to the Desire Talks podcast. Today we have the biggest male sex worker out there. There is. Yeah. And I don't mean just fan base. I mean, he's got a massive fan base, but no, this guy is literally the physical biggest man doing sex work. He's an absolute tank. Let's get him on. Jack Stacked. Right, everyone. So this is Jack Stacked. Hi, Jack. Hey, everybody. Um, um, so, Jack, I've literally just told everyone you are the biggest man in sex work, really. And I don't mean just fan base. I mean, physically, you're an absolute tank. <laughs> I don't, I've, yeah, never, I mean, I've never come across I, it. I, I, I would say, I would say there's, there's a lot of big guys out there. There are. Um, mm. There's a lovely guy called Gerald, um, Austrian guy. Yeah. He's quite big. You've got um, Viking Will. Um, he's he's quite a big boy as well. Like, there's lots of big guys out there. I think what I where I differentiate myself in that context is I'm certainly the biggest guy that does full gay mm. straight, and I do a lot of stuff that nobody does. You know, yeah. proper lift and carry, trampling, extreme BDSM, medical stuff, blood, everything. So in that context, I think it's sort of. A big guy, but a big guy that does all of it. So that's why I say the biggest triple X guy in that context. Because there are some big guys that just do, you yeah. know, nudes and, and and straight and stuff like that. And that's that's absolutely fine. But like in terms of actual hardcore triple X, that's yeah. that's where I sort of nail myself. But I have seen actually pictures of you with some of these other bigger guys. Like I mean these Big guys, I've seen, I would still class them as absolutely massive. But then I've seen a picture of you next to them, and I'm like, oh no, you are, you make them look like average, <laughs> not average. You make them look. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I think it's, it's it's tricky. It's tricky because I think like it's one of those ones whereby it becomes difficult in a sometimes for me because mm. a lot of my fan base want to see me with twinks, which I shoot a lot of me banging twinks and stuff, and that's fine. Yeah. But they also want to see me and another big guy. And, like, I think sometimes it's difficult if your market is all on you being the big guy. Wanting to shoot with another big guy presents all these, like, I, it's like maybe, like, hang-ups for people. Yeah. Um, they don't want to shoot with another big guy in case they don't look as big and all this, that, and the other. Mm. But it's one of those ones where, actually, I actually think it's the opposite. Because when you then get two big guys together, that's a whole other level of fantasy for, these, for the fans. Mm. So it does work. And... It might be, for example, like that, I don't know, say you and me did a scene with a twink in the middle of us. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I might look bigger than you in the chest and the shoulders or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then, like, you know, it might be your dick might look bigger than mine. You know, that's okay. Mm. Like, so it's kind of, it, it gives the, it's one of those ones of, like, I think as much as it, yeah, like getting big guys together, unfortunately, is so difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I say, I've, I've shot a couple of videos with a couple of like quite bigger, you know, foreign guys. But in terms of British guys, not many of the bigger guys want to do full sex, should we say? Yeah. Um, so which, fair. which, you know, again, it's one of those things. It's it's absolutely up to everybody what they want to do in their content. It is. Um, but I say, I just it would be great if we could do more of that. I think. <laughs> um, but I mean, I was I was meant to meet up with. Uh, 
Gerald, we were meant to do a week shooting, but unfortunately he had COVID. Um, oh, so yeah. he had COVID, kept testing positive for nearly three weeks. So we didn't manage to to meet in the end, but uh, we will do early next year, I think. Three weeks of testing positive. He must have had a nightmare quarantining. <laughs> yeah, he's based in Austria. So it was just the, yeah. you had to put negative PCR to fly. And he kept the PCRs can keep throwing up positives for a while. Yeah. Um, it's not antigen testing yet in a lot of places. So, okay. Um, I actually did want to ask, talking about uh, the, the size thing, how much do you weigh now? And what is your biggest ever weight? What's, the, what's your peak weight? So, right now, in all honesty, I'm 152. That's key, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is very light for me. But yeah. I'm, uh, some people know, but I've torn both my left and my right biceps. Mm. Um, I've got distal tears in both. Um, they're still functional. They're still working. I can still do everything with them. I can still even flex them. But um, I've got to have double biceps careful. surgery. Ooh. So I'm trying to bring my weight down slowly to about 145, um, which gives me five kilo uh, wiggle room with the limit of um, the hospital and the anesthesiologist to do the surgery um heaviest i've been comfortably is like 168 169 yeah. um i have been over 170 um that wasn't pleasant no blood pressure goes funny etc the thing you've got to remember as well is like when i'm walking around at these sort of weights i'm walking around carrying a lot of tissue but also carrying a lot of fat as well mm. like i'm not lean at 165 um yeah and you know that's part of the way I've found people want to see me. There's a thousand guys out there with shredded abs. Um, there's mm. not that many big muscle bears. You know, you're still clearly muscly and in shape. Yeah. But my stomach, okay, for example, like if I'm fucking from the side, you'll see my abs, mm. but you can also see, you know, big hairy stomach. They yeah. want both. And I think it's like realizing that that niche is a lot smaller. There's a lot less guys fit in that niche than the ab guys yeah so i tend to keep myself more their body composition wise but i mean i've you know i have done both ends of it um you know so it's probably more fun and and for your normal life to not be a shredded guy you can actually have a pizza have an ice cream and not like <laughs> be got, like, be exactly exactly <laughs> i mean yeah and, and 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 i think you know it's easier it's easier to eat the right foods and then have a pizza and ice cream on top of that yeah. than it is to, you know, the other way around. So it's sort of, uh, it's a lot more comfortable, I suppose, as we say, um, to maintain that way around um, is probably a big part of it. But um, no, I mean, as I say, for me, it's about being healthy. I mean, as I say, I'll show you, um, you know, I have been in that sort of condition as well before. Oh, um, yeah, that's you know, so, really and that's like, that's, that's 109. So I've been anywhere, you know, in the last what decade i've been anywhere in between those but it's sort of for me now i'm trying to like for me 150 yeah. is comfortable it's easy yeah. um i can maintain that really comfortably i'm sort of fit enough to play rugby do things like that um and it's kind mm. of i don't get out of breath trying to you know put my pants on mm. um are you still playing rugby at the moment then um, no, got a break in the season till yeah. um, second week of January, <laughs> and I will I will play up until my surgery date because they're still yeah. 
working my biceps, but um, yeah. I've I seen that so, um, that massive, big purple hamstring tear that you had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Torn my hamstring, torn pack. Uh, the, the, pro- the problem is with me, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's purely one of those ones, I shouldn't do it. Mm. But like my genuine hobby that I would rather do than anything else is lifting. Yeah. And it's like, even though I'm not doing any competitive strongman stuff, at all mm. i'm still like you know the other day like i was doing viking press and i was like oh let's put 300 kilos on it and just see and then you know i'm messing about with 120 kilo lock like i'm, I'm still shifting mm. weight you know still benching for sort of sets of five 200 kilos like and i'm not trying to do stupidly strong stuff it's just that's what's fun for me well the size um, you're going to be so got to be strong a byproduct of size is strength a byproduct of strength is well, size <laughs> well to an extent to an extent i mean that the, the yeah. thing is interesting when i started training i was an athlete so i started limpet lifting yeah. like it was all strength-based stuff and so and then the size stuff came later yeah so i'm i'd say i'm more strong than i am big yeah. um i know lots of you know pro bodybuilder friends of mine who are much bigger than me yeah but i can lift all day long you know five times what they can very comfortably yeah. um well, i was chatting but, you know with... again it's also sensible like yeah. i don't back squat a huge amount anymore i front squat but you know i'll front squat with my mates are back squatting yeah and i can still sort of get to 240 kilos on a front squat but yeah deep and and tight and that's comfortable for me but it means we haven't got to shift weights from what they're back squatting what i'm front squatting so it's just things like that like mm. you know because again it's for me it's fun like yeah. I'm not training necessarily to do anything. I have got ideas maybe of competing again, depending how my arms look once the surgery's done. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. So obviously we're talking now about um, strength. Uh, we, we touched a little bit about you saying you eat healthy, but you, you can have like a pizza in here. How many, how many calories do you think you consume in a day? Or do you not have a clue? I know. Yeah. The, that, all right, let, let me preface it by saying, don't do what I do Yeah. to anybody because it's not a good idea. Yeah. Genetics play a massive role in these things, um, obviously. Like, I mean, nobody believes me, but like, you know, all, I, all I'm on and all I've been on for a long, long time is just testy at a TRT dose of 20 milligrams a week. Yeah. Um, you know, and I might chuck in a um, psalm and I'll use some like... Um, Bioregulators like imperellin or things like peptides, but it, you know, I stay away from most steroids. It's just not beneficial cool. to me. Um, but with food, in the same way, like I look at a dumbbell, I grow, yeah. I eat, grow. Like so, with me with food, like I mean, you know, I eat a lot, but at the same time, I eat crap as well. So, like, what I would say is where I think most people go wrong is. Let's mm. say um, pizza and ice cream. Everyone likes pizza and ice cream. Yeah. Like I might eat a pepperoni pizza and a tub of Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. The thing is, is I probably add alongside my pizza and my ice cream, I would probably have had, I don't know, 24 chicken wings or something. So I'll have got some quality protein in the pizza mm. and the ice cream, just a treat. Yeah. That's my golden rule is I don't, you know, and I, I mean, I eat a huge amount of fish, sushi. I'm yeah. barbecuing fish every other day. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably try and split it sort of 50-50 between red meat and fish. That's okay. my, my 
that's my comfortable way of doing things. And chicken I have as a convenience, but by choice, I'll always eat fish or, or red meat. There's nothing beneficial in chicken. If you think about it, there's absolutely nothing nutritional in chicken. Yeah. Um, there's some protein, that's it. When you look at the cost of, of, of chicken, it just it doesn't make a huge amount of sense. Yeah. Um, the only way it's cost effective is to buy like boneless chicken thighs, boil off all the fat, and then grill them. And they mm. still, they don't stay that juicy for very long. You know, whereas red meat, you know, you can stew it, you can, you can do a million things to it, and it's delicious. Yeah. You know, just with salt and pepper. Seafood, same thing. Yeah. so I, I, I probably on a daily basis six and a half thousand calories i reckon okay yes but what yeah not as extreme as i was expecting to be honest no. that's all right then like you said no. though you've got this genetics behind you where you're saying you're on a trt dose testy and you're eating that mm. and, and you're still the size you are so mm. and with with torn biceps <laughs> you know yeah so. no, I mean, well it's, i mean it's, it's it's the um i've torn the long head my short head's still intact yeah. So, um, and my brachioradialis makes up for most of it. So, I mean, I can still sort of flex it quite yeah. comfortably. Got a decent sized bicep there. It's just visually on like a front double biceps, mm -hmm. you can see a big gap between the elbow insertion and the body of the bicep. It mm -hmm. bunches up much higher than it should. So, yeah. that's, you know, but it's one of those things I just sort of, I am denied about whether I'd get the surgery, but mm -hmm. why not? Okay. Um, all right, we're now going to go on to your, your platforms because obviously you use multiple platforms, not going to mm. specify one. You've touched a little bit on what people expect. Um, mm. and obviously, you're, you're a bi guy. You, you, you'll do gay scenes, straight scenes. Um, you'll go mm. down the kink route. If they were to sign up to your platform, other than the things you specified, what are people going to expect? Because um, I don't think you do pay-per-view or lockable content, do you? Oh, well, I mean, basically, I mean, I've been slinging my willy around since I was under 18. Let's put it that way. Back before any of these platforms existed, um, you know, like I started off doing webcam when the only site out there was adult work and my free camps. Hmm. And I wasn't even 18 at the time. Um, Very naughty. And I've done it to, yeah, well, well I've done it to pay for myself to be able to go to school. Um, yeah. and then throughout university and stuff and I've done things like stripping, escorting all that sort of stuff to start with mm. I then also done commercial porn, commercial straight boy girl porn mm. which obviously was terribly well, like terribly paid, yeah. like atrocious um, but obviously you then realise people are making money out of it and over this time people are then saying to me oh you know you should, um, you know, you should do videos or can you do me a custom video all this sort of stuff so then as early as like 2009 or 10 i had my own website um back in the days where you could and i had a website set up with amazon web services was hosting the content and it was being streamed ccbill was my payment provider who's the same payment merchant that only fans are using mm -hmm. and you just have to pay them a yearly subscription for mastercard visa etc and you know it was all risk assessed and everything and i did all that did my own site and I had that for a while then come round to about 2016 2016 yeah. to 18 I had about a two year not hiatus but it's kind of stopped um, yeah. and a lot of mental health issues and everything and then coming into the end of 2017 um, a friend of mine said hey you know you should 
doing OnlyFans. And I was like, no, nah, I can't be asked. He's like, oh, let me do it for you. So he'd done it. And then sort of a month later, he's like, oh, you made five grand. I was like, okay, so maybe there's something in this. So then I started off yeah. with that. But um, very quickly, we got into a situation with OnlyFans where it was like, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. So I then started having to differentiate out to other platforms. Um, I had a many vids accounts. They've been around for forever. Yeah. So I started putting stuff on there. I started putting stuff on Just For Fans, um, Dominic's site, which is a great site, just doesn't have the same traffic as OnlyFans. Yeah. Um, Pornhub, um, you know, I think I've got over a million views on there. Like, and I sort of, I started putting content out like that. And I wasn't really thinking about it too much at the time. But then, obviously, as the money started increasing, it became more profitable. I started to think, okay, what am I doing with this? Mm. Um, eventually, I came around to the feeling of it depends on your market. So for a mainstream girl, I mean, there's girls, um, I mean, uh, so I'll say, a guy called Jamie Allen, um, who, if you don't know, is uh, he's the daddy, basically, when it comes mm. to making money out of adult content in the UK. Um, and, you know, it's probably the, the person I listen to most out of anybody when it comes to the, the business end of this. Now, a mainstream girl is going to be able to have 200,000 fans on OnlyFans on a free page, which means she's got a massive market to sell content to. So if she's selling that content to all those people, even at $3, mm. you assume a 0.1% uptake, mm. she's still making a lot of money. So that's how they're making million pounds a year. Now, with people that are not that mainstream, that business model doesn't make sense. Because yeah. let's say I put, I don't know, what is there, 10K fans on my free page. It's still only 10K to send it out to. So yeah. the uptake's a lot less. So I, I, I realized, and when I had my site originally, I realized that when I had people paying more per month, but in a way that was, they felt they get more value for it, yeah. it worked. Um, an American friend of mine who runs a site called Thunders, which is a big wrestling site, um, one of my best mates, and he, he'd always said to me, the cost of parking, what will people pay for a day's parking in capital city? That's about where you want to target it. So $30, I thought, okay. And everyone else, I know everyone else charges a lot less, which is fine. Um, but my, my theory was it's a dollar a day. Yeah. For a dollar a day on not my platforms, just for fans, only fans, there's 400 plus full videos. They're not like teasers. They're not clips. They're full 10 to 30 minute videos. And the content ranges from solo, jerk off stuff, dildo stuff, um, boy girl stuff, everything you can think of. Uh, guy guy stuff, everything you can think of. Um, I've even started bottoming. Um, you've I did got see that. trans stuff, <laughs> yeah. Got trans stuff, you've got fetish stuff, so you've got dungeon stuff, fisting, medical, you've got like uh, macro stuff. So that's where I'm like a giant crushing like tiny cities. Yeah. You've got lift and carry, you've got verbal stuff, you've got physical domination, you've got full on wrestling, you've got kinky wrestling where wrestling turns into set, you've got literally everything foot worship you've got every kink you can think of especially mm. the really obscure niche ones i do now obviously there's certain things you can't do with only fans yeah so what i what i then did obviously is i was like okay i can't post this on only fans kind of post this on just for fans mm. great oh i can't post this on just for fans many vids or just down down the line so there are certain stuff i can't post not my fault i would give them everything if, if i could yeah 
but that stuff you know filters out to the little minor platforms um because again it's it's trying to mitigate the risk you don't want to piss only fans off and get yourself banned exactly for the sake of posting one bit of content that five percent of your fans care about yeah exactly. yeah so i mean in terms of what's on my, my platforms um pretty much everything and if people you know i've had people say oh you should do this i should do that if it's a sensible idea that's physically possible i tend to do it yeah. um well, I don't know if you have a, a link tree or something, but what I'll do, whatever platform people are viewing this on, because this is going to be all on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, whatever. Yeah. Um, if you have a link tree, if we're able to on that platform, we'll drop it down for you. Yeah. And people can check I mean, them out. All you've got to do is stick my name in Google. Yeah. So what if they would search you, just Jack Stack, then everything will come up? That's what, Jack Stack, first page of Google, it's all there. Yeah, perfect, perfect. All right then, um, that's very descriptive. And to be fair, I can, <laughs> I can, I can relate to. I don't probably do as much as you. I mean, I, I can't probably do the giant stuff. you can do you can do whatever whatever you like. I mean, I think it's uh, the thing is is it, it's to do with what you're comfortable doing, because if you do something you don't want to do, yeah. It comes across in the content 100 percent well no i mean for myself uh i what i was saying is i'm quite diverse as you but you've been in this industry a lot longer than me as well haven't you so i think um you know i i, I think that's the best way to go i get a lot of fans going i love how diverse you are because you know one day they might fancy watching you um with a girl next day they might want to see you with a guy they might want to see kink they might because not as many guys out there like you're saying are comfortable doing guy and guy let alone then doing the kinky side or the trans side because there's a lot of like guys out there who just, you know they won't they're not comfortable but you're like no i'm very comfortable within myself <laughs> the, 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 the thing is is i think if you if you if you're honest about it yeah the, the, the hang-ups a lot of performers have about um you know trans about everything it's nothing to do with that it's to do with how they think it reflects on them yeah it is 100 percent. and that's what it's all it's true and it's the, it's the same with like buy content Lots of guys are very happy having a guy suck the dick, but they don't want to suck a dick. Yep. What's that? Now, you and I both know what that's actually about. Yep. People don't want to talk about it. What it's actually about is because they see it as, you know, oh, I'm submissive or I'm less manly or whatever. Mm. Like, that's that's your hang-up. You go work on yourself and figure that one out. But, mm. you know, for the rest of us that, you know, get it and understand what we do and don't want to do and that, then that's that's you know it's up to you what you do um and i think for me it's it's always been the context so for example like for me doing a video of me giving a blowjob i can't be giving a blowjob to some tiny little guy with a little dick Mm. like it's got to be a fucking 12 inch whopper (laughs) on a big guy because otherwise it just looks stupid in my head yeah do you get what i mean so there's there's context there's ways in which you feel more comfortable yeah um so it's like, you know, for example, my bottoming videos, I'm in control. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would still say, I fuck him. Like, you know, and it's kind of like, that's that's how I feel like doing that. And that's how I'm comfortable doing it. It's nothing to do with anything sort of particular, like that, oh, I don't want to be submissive or anything like that. I've done videos where I was like, you know, tied to a chair and someone's milking me. That's fine. I have no issue with any of that type of stuff. It's to do with how I want to do it and how I'm going to enjoy it yeah. because then that comes across. Um, so I think, you know, as you say, like diversity and stuff in the industry, if you, if you, if you're really interested in making money and sustainably, you know, you want your fans to have a relationship with you, mm-hmm. you know, 
it's like, um, you know, I, I, I put a video on my OnlyFans uh, three or four days ago, just saying, oh, I'm not really feeling that well. Sorry, I'm updated today, um, you know. And I, I had, my inbox was full of replies to it, but so were two of my phones, you know, one of my email addresses, like, because of my fans know me. And so they're then, you have a relationship with them. And it sort of, it means that they also then will, they'll give your content a go. So like, I don't know, guys who would never necessarily sit, you know, want to see me bottom, will then go, oh, well, we'll have a look at that. Like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, you, no, it's, you know, like that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, that's my take on it anyway. And what I like then is what you touched on is it's it's very personal. Um, the whole the, you and the fans are actually developing a bit of a relationship, a bit of a bond where they're they're invested in you, aren't they? And that's why they, they sign up. It's not yeah, you know, and you're not you're not fobbing them off. You're not ignoring them. You're like, no, I'm doing this for you, lot. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I send them a really very um, sensible message um, when they sign up, and it basically is like, look, this is free. You get everything here. If your membership lapses, because I send out some of my, my videos as messages rather than on the wall, and you miss a video, you pay dickhead tax <laughs> to see that video. Yeah. But as yeah. long as your membership doesn't lapse, you see everything. It's literally that simple. But that you know that's just to protect an all-inclusive page, because otherwise you do have people that will just come on every two or three months, watch everything, and then fuck off again, yeah. which means if you're maintaining 1,200 active fans, you have to actually maintain... 2,000 active fans because 800 of them are inactive that month. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like a bit of a loyalty thing, isn't it? And it's whole... <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm going that extra effort for you lot and I chat to you, I, we message, uh, <laughs> like, even on your days where you, you never you never have a day off. You work every, no. every day, all day, even when you're sick. I mean, I, I sent a message out once, I was sick and I was like, really sorry, everyone. You, you get some nice messages, but you do get messages like, oh, I know what would make you feel better. I want to sit on your dick. And you're like, I'm dying here. Can't you just say get well? <laughs> they just yeah, at least bring me some soup first. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm I'm the last thing I'm thinking about right now is I'm covered in sweat. I've got COVID. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. But um uh, uh, you're you're right. I mean, I say, you know, it's it's a relationship with the fans. Um yeah. And I think, you know, that's the, that's the interesting thing. Like, if you look at OnlyFans as an extension of social media, mm. in a way, it's kind of, that's what they're buying into. You are the product. Yeah. Um, you know, the quality of your content comes into it to an extent, but you are the product in a way. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's one of the things people got to realise. Yeah, definitely. All right, we haven't even got into them yet, but I want to ask you some fan questions. You've got absolutely loads, and I think right. we've probably got too many to go through, so I'm just going to pick a few out. Um, so let's jump in with... All right, this is from Raspberry Lion. Um, is it hard as an adult content creator to not let love feelings happen during a shoot with another person? And if you ever wanted to start a relationship, should, should the ideal partner have OnlyFans? Um, or, and should he or she allow you to continue with your work or would you consider giving it up? I know your, your personal situation, um, but, you know. What, what I'll say, what I'll say the, way, the, way I'll, the way I'll explain it um, to, to, for me, mm. I think there's two answers. So first, we've got to give the, the correct answer, which is, no, you're always professional. 
Um, that's that. The truth is, mm. we are all human. So you and I are both going to find certain individuals more or less attractive. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean that we might logically not go, I'm not really attracted to this person, but this content's going to be fucking good. So I'm going to do this shoot. Equally, mm, this person's really hot. I'm going to do this shoot. It's not a bad thing. Now, as long as professional boundaries still respected and everything, there's nothing wrong with having an attraction and being into the content, for example, which does happen. And it mm -hmm. does tend to produce better content, of course. Um, but I think it's, it's a balance between that, between maintaining that professional sort of big picture view of what you're trying to do mm -hmm. with a level of connection in the shoot that makes it viable. Um, you know, I think I've seen lots of things um, on some of the, you know, the blacklist pages and stuff where, oh, you know, yeah. oh, I need to kiss so I can form a connection. No, like there's, everybody's got their own limits. And if something's a limit for somebody, that's, you just respect that. But that doesn't mean that you might not want to, for example, I would normally, if I was going to shoot with somebody, say I'm going to do, I've got in my head, I want to do five different 10 minute videos. We've talked about these are the videos we're going to do. You might want to start off with something easy just to get comfortable. Mm -hmm. and you know that one of the let's say you've got one video in mind you're thinking like a proper anal scene that's going to be fucking that's the one that's going to make the money out of this shoot so let's start with an easy scene like a muscle worship shoot and that's kind of a good one to get to know each other mm -hmm. do you know what i mean so with a guy this is what i would normally do i'd say let's let's start with a muscle worship scene get to know each other kiss a little bit and you sort of you can create a bit of intimacy and kind of get to know each other before you get to the hardcore scene where being on much more comfortable at that stage is going to make the content better. Um, so I think, you know, yeah, that that's my answer in terms of shooting. Um, in terms of relationships, I think it matters not at all, really. I think if, if you were dating somebody to whom it is a massive issue, then that's your first mistake. Um, I also think there's an element of people have to understand there are plus sides and negative sides to every job you know yeah. my sister's a doctor you know she works horrendous hours she was working christmas day that's that's part of that job now one of the plus sides of this job is i make a huge amount of money and i have a lot of control over my time so if i want to do something on a particular day i can do that um so you know in terms of compromise in a relationship the compromise is this is what i do but there are plus sides to that mm. money financial freedom time you know again money is a commodity but time is the true commodity you can always make more money you can never make more time um and i think that's my big thing about the adult industry is it allows me control over the you know the finite commodity of time so yeah yeah i mean that's the best answer i can give really that's a massive massive benefit that one um yeah i agree with you on a lot of lot of things um okay so uh question from tk does your family know about your profession and if so how did they react um yes to a large part obviously there's not um a particularly beneficial side to having a conversation with elder members of the family who yeah. aren't going to be able to understand etc that's not beneficial um i think what i would say as a point which is, is actually not a good thing but I would say anyway, yeah. is the context of people's acceptance has a lot to do with the success of what you do. 
And I think that is something that the industry probably does need to look at because it becomes acceptable if you make a lot of money. If you don't make a lot of money, it becomes less acceptable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's potentially, it's one of these ones of like the stigma is there, but you have, you know, kind of like fuck you money where you can be like, like so what? <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. And, and then that, 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 that is not necessarily a good thing because it, it can then maybe attract people to the industry who should never be in the industry. Definitely. Because they come up. And also people in the industry who maybe are not making as much money, who are assumed to be making lots of money, or who they're not making enough money to, to sort of, as you say, to negate the negative family, you know, opinions and all of that. But I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's a choice. Now, there's certain things about those choices. I mean, I made certain choices by doing commercial porn really early. You know, certain professions I would love to do. If money were no object, there's certain things I would love to do. But, um, you know, I can't do those things now because of those choices. That's okay. Those are my choices. And, I, you know, that's my, that's my gig. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think maybe some younger people coming into the industry might want to consider things like that. Not necessarily, you know, for example, I would just say from my perspective, if you are posting full triple X stuff, publicly onto social media even if it's streamed onto twitter etc it will be saved it will be downloaded and it will reappear which is fine so you know if you're still young and you're not entirely sure of your career path maybe run your social accounts and stuff with a little bit of a pg-13 tint just to allow you to keep that that choice as long as possible that's probably the only thing i would say okay so this one kind of links a little bit and the way this guy worded it, I had to go back and ask him. I was like, I don't, don't know what you mean. And um, he goes, could you tell me about managing your personal life with your work? Um, and I spoke to him back and forth. And what he means is you being recognised uh, when you're out and about, um, say if you're yep. with friends or anything, and then someone comes over and say, oh, Jack's that. I mean, how do you yeah. manage that? How do you deal with it? I, I, I've had it a lot more than I thought would make sorry i've had it happen a lot more than makes logical sense because i don't have a massive thing i don't have you know huge amounts of content out there i mean i've got a couple of bits of content i done for other companies well just just to, like, just to pause you there i mean you, you don't think you're big enough for it because you're not exactly the rock or like some other big actor but you've got a huge no. fan of what you do because you're so niche so yeah, I suppose it's, it's like I've had a lot of times in gyms people come up to me. Because um, you've also got to remember, there's huge numbers of, like, I mean, the gay community are big into fitness and gym. Yeah. Like, you know, so, like, that, I've had I've had it happen in airports. I've had it happen in, you know, the street. I've been sat at a cafe. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm very happy, and I always will take pictures of people. Yeah. Um, that's not a problem. I'm happy to do a picture, happy to say hi and stuff. I think it's the context. Yeah. Like, read the situation. If I was in the middle of a particularly, you know, busy lunch with three or four people, maybe not the time to approach. But if I'm stood at a train platform, yeah, by all means. Um, but then I think as well, I suppose I have to admit that. If I'm 
running a business, essentially trading me as the commodity, mm-hmm. people are going to want to access the commodity. So, you know, me taking five minutes to be, you know, polite, courteous and friendly is part of that trade-off. Um, but no, I mean, I've never had it. I've never had it in a negative sense. I've had a couple of stalkers. I've had a couple of people make silly comments and threats and things like that. But generally, that's just dealt with, you know, in the way it's dealt with. Um, I particularly, yeah. So I think, as you say, like people are going to recognise you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So you you just kind of accept that you've kind of thought it happens a lot. Can be frustrating. Can be bad. But it's part of the job. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Okay, so um, from Brickhub, uh, did you all sorry? Did you always consider yourself bisexual, or has it been something that's developed over time with work? Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think like all things, I think it would have developed. I don't know if it developed because of work or or not. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely developed. Um, and I think it was also... Sorry, go ahead. Probably an age thing as well. Probably an age thing as well. Um, yeah. yeah. I think, you know, you're the sum total of the, the people you hang around with. So as when I was younger, obviously I was hanging around a much more heterosexual group. So I think that probably influenced that more. So I think, yeah, I'd say context as well. Um, but no, I mean, as I say, for me, it's it's been yeah gradual but distant, I suppose. Yeah. So it pretty much is. It's you're, you're not you've, you've never done a whole gay for pay, and that's how your bisexualities come about. You are actually not. I'm generally no, no. I mean, I, I, did, I did. Yeah, because I mean, I was doing originally when I first ever started doing meets, I was just doing sort of muscle worship. Yeah. Um, and then over time. I started to become happy to do a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. And that kind of progressed in line with me thinking, yeah, okay, this is all right. Um, Because ultimately it's one of those ones where, for example, if I was charging way back then 200 pounds an hour and then charging 350, 400 pounds an hour now, it's not a huge difference in money Mm -hmm. to do more services, for example. So it was much more a case of, well, I could always just do what I have been doing. So if I'm going to do more, I might as well do more because I'm comfortable doing more. Um, and as I say, I maintain with escorting, with content, with everything, if you're not comfortable doing it, people know. Yeah. And it doesn't work. So there's no point jumping ahead further than you're ready to be or anything like that because it just doesn't work. Mm. Um, but, you know, I say it's, it's just being being you. Yeah. Okay, um, from Ray's Wolf, uh, do you consider exploring other audiences, making content with other types of models, like bears, for example? Obviously, as we spoke, extremely diverse, so. I, I would love to do more of that type of content. Um, the truth of it is there's not a huge amount of it in the UK. It is mostly in the US, the good bear content. Yeah. Um, have been in the US for the last 18 months, so that's limited that slightly. I think in the next year or two, that will be a big thing um, for me anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I think it's one of those ones where it kind of, uh, you can create more physical content as well. Um, 
in yeah. terms of well in terms of like in terms of like if it's me with um, with a female and you can see she's obviously in pain i'm doing it too hard or whatever or a little twink there's an element of the power dynamic there that's a little bit like uncomfortable it's me with a big guy i get you it's yeah. just so there's, there's elements of that, that i think would be good to explore um so i think it will yeah it will definitely be a focus but as i say we're all sort of at mercy of travel yeah at the moment it's definitely it's hindered a lot hasn't it and Hopefully, over the next year, as you're saying, you get to do some of that. Well, I mean, hopefully, the, the the flip side is it's made a lot of people have to reconsider their solo content a bit more, which mm. I think is good. Yeah, that um, that last comment that you made, saying about being with a female, being with a bear, actually really goes into this next question from Alpha Daddy. Um, he wants to know if you change change your approach uh, on a scene, depending on what, like who the co-star is. It with it being a female, with it being a male, you know, type of build. You've kind of just answered yeah, it. Definitely. Yeah, you, definitely. I think I think it does. It does entirely. I mean, I think you you can also you're also going to touch on the the element of power dynamic, on context, um, the escapism of the viewer, because for a lot of the time the viewer wants to be in the place of the of the you know the person you're with. So um, mm. yeah, I mean, certainly about the angles it's filmed, the way it's filmed. Um, like for example, I'll say listen with boy girl content. Um, I always think it's it's interesting because if 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 you've got a gay man watching a boy girl scene, mm. he wants to be able to put himself in the position of being that woman. Mm. But a lot of the conventional angles of boy girls content doesn't give him that opportunity mm. because it's so heavily focused on the female. So. I think it's not just who you're filming with, but who you're filming it for. Yeah. So I, my audience is about 60% gay men, 35% straight or bi men, and 5% others. Um, and I think that's, you know, that then has become important how you film it. So yeah. some of the angles I've seen in a boy girl scene are not the angles you'd see in a normal browser scene um, because that's not relevant. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, I actually had a comment, um, a message the other day from a, a, a gay fan, and it was the oh my god, he goes, he goes, I, I, I know I'm probably rare, I'm probably the only one, but I love watching you with women. And I was like, you're not alone. I actually get this message quite regularly from gay men. And then I put a post up on my OnlyFans saying, gay men who like watch me in my straight scenes, please comment to show he's not alone. And the amount of gay men who are just like, I know I absolutely love him. And I think it's just, yeah. it's just like I love watching you just in your element. And I'm I'm fully bi. I'll, there's videos of me on sex with men, having sex with women, but it's nice to know that they're still like, no, I'm really into you with women as well. Yeah. And as you were saying, I think it's the way it's filmed and shot. So. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely it does. And I think it, it it's it's important. Um I'm saying, I mean you different things and different types of content as well. Yeah. Um yeah, uh, no, I think it's good. And being diverse, it's more fun, isn't it? <laughs> oh, exactly. So, uh, I have one final question. Um, do you have any porn idols? So it, it doesn't have to be like mainstream. It can be like just like people like us who just do it through like different platforms. I've got two yeah. that I'm going to mention. Um, one, because he sort of started a lot of 
this and yeah, she sadly passed away um, last year. Brad Holliver. Okay. Um, he was the original sort of muscle god guy. Um, he had, you know, synth on his arms and stuff, but he was a, you know, big bodybuilder-sized guy doing flexing, bending steel bars, muscle worship, this kind of stuff. Never really sexual with that, mm. but he was the first one to sort of bring that up. And the other one who sort of took that, Hollywooded it a bit. And, you know, I've heard various good and bad things about him as well, so I don't know him personally, but from a business, Zeb Atlas. Say that again, the, the name. Zeb Atlas. Okay. So, yeah, so they've... they've obviously you, you never heard of him? No, I've not. I mean, I've never... So he, he's a big, big, you know, a gay guy, um, big pecs, big abs, big arms, and he just done a lot of very... but very versatile videos. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it became... So again, one of the first to do that kind of stuff. I'm going to um, give him a Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, say, Brad Hollibro was was sort of, mm. as you say, very niche, but he was the original. Yeah. I fully admit I've copied loads of his videos, loads of them, yeah. um, because... That's inspired you. You thought, I want to create that scene. I want to, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and uh, it's, it's, it's the, it's, for example, I think one of the things where people go wrong is, you know, let's say bending a steel bar. So let's yeah. say I go and buy three steel bars. I can make that into a 45 second video or I can make that into a 10 minute video. Yeah. Because I can come on, I can be flexing my chest, tell you how fucking strong I am. I'm going to bend that. I put gloves on, slowly give you the whole glove thing, mm. and then show you that the bars are steel. You know, and then I, rather than just bending them quickly, you know, maybe bend one over my head, one around my neck, flex my arms, I do them like, and I can make the whole thing mm. into a thing. And obviously, you know, me, I can sit there and talk for 10 minutes of video very comfortably, yeah. quite good at the verbal side of it, but it just means that you can then take something and make it into content rather than rushing it, mm-hmm. you know, like sort of let there be pause, let sort of you know make it happen rather than just his three bars boom 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 kind of thing yeah so you know he was very good at that yeah and that that's the difference in basic content and putting on a performance you know making this piece of content really shine so well i mean i think a lot of a lot of people if you haven't done live performing where that's stripping Mm. live shows etc you probably miss out. And I would say to anyone who wants to improve their content, do some live camming, do some stripping, like, you know, take a dance class, whatever, do something to give you that live performance stuff. Yeah. Um, because I, I think it does help. That's, a, that's actually a really good tip. Um, that, that, I mean, was... I, I, think, I think anybody anybody that does it, because again, you know, completely understand let's say you're a girl and you're filming a, a solo scene you're going to want to do it all from this angle that you can have your snapchat filter on and everything and i get that That's, i understand but if you were then one-on-one camming for someone mm. the way that you give that show you'll start to live with the video see how your body looks you might notice new angles you might mm. think oh that looks good and just improve your overall confidence 
And then it's sort of like, and again, it's like, for example, if I do a cam show or something for 10 minutes, I don't want to get my dick out until eight minutes in. Yeah. That's not to be a twat or anything. That's because I want them so frustrated and horny by the time I get my dick out. Yeah. And that's that's how I want that's I want to tease. I don't want it to be here's me naked thirty seconds in. Yeah, that's that doesn't work. You know, I want to give it a bit of tease, a bit of suspense, a bit of build up. Mm-hmm. I do the exact same. Uh, any of my like custom videos or things like that, like live, it's kind of you got to you got to build it up. You got to kind of have a little bit of a story going there. Otherwise, like, exactly, it's just exactly. ta-da, here it is. <laughs> yeah. You know. No, you're right, and, and it, it doesn't it doesn't make for um, it doesn't make for better content. So, no, I say I think you know live performing in one way or another is probably the best thing anyone can do to improve the, the content. Um, it, does, it makes a massive difference. As I say, I mean, end of the day, it's it's one of those things like I think if you are an exhibitionist, yeah, which most of us are, yeah, it helps. Yeah. Okay, so um, we're going to end it very shortly. But before we do, is there anything that you would like to say to the listeners and to your fans directly? Um, to my fans, I'll just say thank you. Um, they've all put up with me for a very long time and new fans come and, you know, old fans have moved on and stuff. And, you know, I appreciate all of them. Um, I wouldn't be able to do what I do, live my life, anything without them. So. You know, very grateful to them. Um, I also think, well, as I say, I'll say, um, you know, thank you to everybody um, from people in the industry that helped me along the way, um, other performers that helped me make great content, um, just to everybody. You know, I think it's it's been a very difficult period through COVID in the last year or so, and I think. Um, me certainly i've been taking a bit of time just to reflect and look back and you know say i think the overwhelming thing despite challenges bad things good things is just hugely grateful for everybody that's sort of i've come into contact with that's been in my life and you know that's the ultimate thing is you know the people the relationships you have um so yeah i just think i say thank you to everybody right everyone so that was jack stacked um loved having him on the show and if you want to find any of Jack's links, uh, just search Jack Stack in Google, or if you can have a look around, if we're allowed to put links on whichever platform you're listening to this on, they should be there. And obviously mine is Mr. Britain X. That's my username for near enough all these platforms. Um, you can just search Mr. Britain X on Google as well, and you'll probably find me as well. Hopefully you'll hear from us again soon. Um, all right. So yeah. <laughs>